We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, as always, with my good buddy Dan, and boom. Dan, it's uh, some good news and some bad news this week. What do you want yeah. first? Uh, well, I I could just say bad news in the sense that uh, my, ex- <laughs> my Extra Time podcast just posted to my phone, and the title is, Should Sporting KC Tank? Oh, wonderful. Hey, they're going to talk about us. Can you believe it? <laughs> Can you God believe damn it, it? Weeby. <laughs> oh mama yeah uh, good stuff you know you always want to go bad news first so uh, yeah. why what do you got you leaving the podcast no bad news is we have to talk <laughs> about this portland game for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> bad news is that game happened um so we're going to talk about that we're not going to go goal by goal necessarily but no, we're, we're going to talk what? about you, how long do you want this podcast to be <laughs> we're going to talk about the first half which maybe some signs of encouragement a little bit in the first half. I mean, not totally because you're down one zero at the half, but then we'll, we'll go over just what the hell happened in that second half and whether we were still awake or not. Um, <laughs> but good news. Y'all have seen it teased on Twitter. There's oh, been a, man. a flirtatious relationship all year long back and forth. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, non-binary friends, it is my pleasure to announce that this week, on no other pod is the man himself, Nikola Voinovich. Yes, yes, and and I think my favorite part of speaking with him is you asking if you pronounce his name correctly, and he just says "good enough." Yep. <laughs> that wasn't even recorded. It was ahead no. of time. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to butcher this totally. So I was like, Voinovich, and he was like, eh, close enough. Yes, I mean, <laughs> he might as well have been like. Sure, I'll go by that today. Okay, American. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, so uh, funny. No, we're, we'll we'll talk about that more later. Um, there's some gems out of that interview. He's he's funny. I, I enjoyed talking to him quite a bit. So yeah, just a bright. Uh, he was a bright spot in an otherwise depressing sporting game. And and we we don't we don't get into that game with him. I mean, we know better. No. We know better. Uh, uh, <laughs> for what it's worth. Patrick was like, maybe Patrick, the media relations guy, he's like, maybe don't talk too much about it. And I'm like, oh, we, we didn't plan to talk any about it. I mean, it's not, <laughs> he came in in the 84th minute. Like, what's he going to say? Like, it's not his fault. And, you know, well, I don't know. I, we, we wanted to have fun with him and we wanted to actually, you know, have, have an enjoyable experience. And yeah, uh, 
talking you with come him. here for analysis and stuff we, we, come on we, we we got to the big big hitters man and and what's what's he uh how he's he's so good at english thanks to Steve, Stephen a smith yeah we'll we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get into all that later we did talk to him a little bit about how this team got back on track but we did not do a, a, a blow-by-blow breakdown of the Portland game with, with Nico. so As we should not. No. But uh, let's uh, before we jump in to this terrible, awful, no good, very bad game, uh, I want to remind everybody that you can go on to uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave that five-star rating, and, uh, and a review. Helps us get found by other people. Uh, we got like 235 ratings right now on Apple Podcasts, 4.9 out of 5 stars. So we're nice. doing pretty good. But if you have not yet done so, get your phone, get your friend's phone, get your mom's iPad, find a random passerby on the street, take their phone, give us a rating, give us a review, and we'll uh, we'll appreciate it. So Yes, absolutely. <sighs> okay. Um, as much as I don't want to do this, and as against my better judgment as it is, because I've had an otherwise decent day, uh let's well, hey, let's uh, not get crazy about this okay let's not get crazy because all i gotta say on the matter is the games can't get worse okay don't it's, you say that because it could <laughs> it is upwards from here uh this this we got two it's a double game week great it chance is. to bounce back and and yes. get get a couple victories so yes if it gets worse i'll feel really bad it could get worse let's yeah. hope it doesn't but you know it, mathematically it's possible Dude, there's some gems. There's some things to pull from Johnny Russell's quotes in the post game. Mm-hmm. Oh man, uh, you you could maybe pull from Peter's quotes in the post game, but it was about 50 seconds long. So there's really not much there. Very fast. I mean, I don't blame him. On one hand, I'm like, I wouldn't be in the mood to talk either. But he got in and out before a lot of reporters even had a chance to get on. And I, I, don't, yeah. I don't say that disparagingly. I think he was just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna fulfill my league obligation. Um, he got on faster than normal and. If I were him, I wouldn't wait around for people to hop on and ask me questions either. So, yeah, because what are you going to ask? I mean, what are you going to ask? That second right. half was just a freaking like bomb. You know, what are you going to ask him about? And sometimes, sometimes you can get a really great quote from a coach either after a good performance or a terrible performance right after the game. But Peter's this is not his first rodeo. He, you know, when he has answers as terse as he did after that game or you know he, he gave a few answers and basically said it was unacceptable and he, you know that should never happen and, and whatnot uh it kind of feels like the type of thing where maybe in his midweek press conference he might open up a little bit more about this is what went wrong and this is what we need to change or whatnot but he's i mean he's been around long enough to know that like i mean look think about it when you're when you're in a, a relationship of any kind whether it's with a significant other or a co-worker or whatnot one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten and, and, and people can give is don't say anything when you're like in the heat of emotion. Sure. Like you take can't 10 take, minutes, breathe it out. Right. You can't take words back once you say them. And so nothing good. Or can, text. Text is like solidified. It's there right. forever. <laughs> right. So Peter could have just like rained hellfire and brimstone on everybody and everything in that post game. But like he knows his team better than anybody else. Like, Right. He, he knows Sean Goodwin is gone and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not as fun to rain down fire on anyone else. And I'm sure fans want to hear it, but like maybe that's not what's best for the team right now. And I'm sure there's many, many conversations being had behind closed doors with that team, both with the coaching staff, uh, with his, you know, technical department, with the players themselves, like no coach meetings. So we'll see. Yeah. 
I don't know. Well, one thing I learned leading up to this game, by the way, and I think you'll like this for if we can get Peter on the podcast sometime. <laughs> he, don't laugh. We should do this because he was on the program with Soren Petro yeah. on Sports Radio 810 WHP. And he said uh, one of their fun questions that he asked at the end was if he's a, a Marvel guy, if he's into the Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. And he is, Jimmy. Oh, wow. He's very much into it. Okay. He talked about the new Doctor Strange. I oh, won't give goodness. any spoilers, but he just said that uh, he's like, yeah, and it, it was really good. It really ties in with what's been going on in the universe. And I'm like, you That's talking about so the MCU, funny. Peter? Like, we could get him on and talk phase four. No problem. Like, let's get a discussion <laughs> going on. You know what I mean? Like, you ready Peter, for Miss Marvel? It's going to be We're not going to talk about soccer. We just want to do a, a, a tactical breakdown of yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe phase four. I if I mean, are you excited for Quantum Mania next year, Peter? Let's talk about it. <laughs> what did you think about this specific part of Episode Six of Moon Knight? Right, absolutely. What are they gonna What are they gonna do, Chadwick Boseman? Rest in rest in peace. What's gonna happen? You know right. what I mean? Wow, Peter, a Marvel fan. Who I was know? I was shocked and I was very excited because we could get him on. He kind of unlocked a minute on the radio, and I was like, Oh, dude, you take that, you put that right in your pocket because we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pull that out sometime and be like. Did, was Portland Timbers kind of like Thanos? Is that what that felt like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Maybe one day. We'll work yeah. on it. We'll work on it. I mean, hey, I mean, kind of big news. I don't know that our listeners care much about it, but uh, locker rooms are opening back up again in the postgame for media. That's right. So, That's right. Uh, I don't think you've been in the locker room in a postgame yet, really, because this no. is your first year credentialed, I think, right? Like on a consistent right. basis. Right, yep, yep. That's so, right. Uh, I'm excited. I don't think the players like it as much because it's like, <laughs> hold on, let me put my underwear on before you start yeah. asking me questions. You know, what it, I mean, but... so you go straight into the <laughs> into the locker room where they're their chairs and they're like yeah. that just that seems like a lot, dude. Do they even have time to change to get it's... their medical tape off of them? So usually what happens is you go to the press conference and we do a press conference kinda like we've been doing, where you get a coach and then you you get like used to be like a player sometimes too so now it's been you've been getting a coach and two players and then after that so it's like 10 15 minutes at least uh they'll open the locker room and you can go in and you can get uh whoever you want uh so you know maybe they'll only have peter and like a player come and then they'll go back in and open the locker room but uh, you know sometimes there are players that you want to ask questions about and for whatever reason they're just not brought out to the press conference setting. So I'm kind of excited to be able to go back there and, and talk with people, you know, and, That's and cool. you know, get, see, see what, see what we can get. And it's also a good place where you can get to know the personalities of the players a bit more. I mean, that's where I first learned that Johnny Russell is as much of a prankster as he is, when at least when things are going well. Because you'd be in there trying to interview Daniel Shallowy, suddenly you see this tattooed buff arm come through with like a fake microphone. You're like, what is happening? And then you turn around and it's like Johnny Russell pretending to be a reporter and starts asking ridiculous questions. So Johnny, where, where'd you get a zucchini? That's, that's a zucchini. <laughs> that's not a microphone. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I, I think it'll be fun, but. We'll see. Cool. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll pop in there and join you one of these times. I could come in, see what's going on, change my clothes as well in there. You know, <laughs> that's not allowed. Oh, if okay. you start just disrobing in the middle of the room and be like, "Isn't this what we do?" Like that's yeah. I just trying to blend with the locals. I don't know <laughs> Wrong what the problem room. is. <laughs> locker room. I thought I was supposed to get a shower. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I've stalled enough. Let's uh, let's talk well, a little bit. Let's not game. get crazy. Let's just talk about the first half. Hey, oh, that was fun. Not <laughs> was... a bad first half. So, okay. Uh, you look at the lineups, and 
again, we've kind of come to expect what we do or the lineup we're getting every week with with Sporting KC. Cam Duke at right back right now because there's just not else, not a lot else there with with Zussi injured. Although, like I said, I'd like to see Caden Pierre maybe get a few more MLS minutes after his Open did, Cup game. Did it seem like they attacked Cam Duke all night? Like it seemed like majority of the attack came on our right side. I mean, part of that is because that's where Sebastian Blanco plays is on their okay. left side. And he's so they their, play through him a lot. Yeah. He's their best offensive player. And yeah, he got two goals and um, he's been injured somewhat, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't blame them for, for hitting the young guy who's playing slightly out of position where that's your best offensive player. Yeah. So good times, uh, but you know, okay. So they're, they're working their way back. Portland themselves have not been, in wonderful form uh you know they were yeah sitting on 12 points before this game um, you and i texted about this and we're like this game's totally winnable right you realize we jinxed the <laughs> f out of that uh, we were For i was record, somewhat excited we didn't make it public and i didn't initiate it so you can't blame me exclusively well we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna blame you i did agree i thought it, it should have been winnable I mean, it just feels, you know, screw, I'm done. I'm done with this mojo nonsense. I'm just like, <laughs> nothing's fun right now. And, and it's okay because like, I'm still going to be there, man. Like I'm going to watch this team play and I'm, I'm excited to see them turn things around. Cause I really think, and so does Voinovich that they got the quality to turn it around. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. It's, it's so tough because, so we're talking about this first half, right? Uh, I guess. It's it's one zero in the first half and and it's kind of a bummer because the goal came off of a set piece in the twelfth minute and no way <laughs> set pieces are going to be the bane of this team's existence and I'm not really sure what I've watched this set piece I don't know how many times and I've tried to figure out okay who exactly is to blame here because Bill Tuiloma he's standing with Roger at the eighteen yard line and they're doing their whole zonal marking thing. Uh, he's got Roger basically on him. Kyrie's directly behind him. And so Roger, he kind of hesitates when he runs, but he and a couple of the other midfielders, Remy, um, and I guess even Courtney Ford, kind of stay back. It looks like, okay, their zone is a little bit closer to the penalty spot. Kyrie runs to the six-yard line. Robert Voliter runs to the six-yard line. Nobody picks up Bill Tuiloma, and he just has a wide-open free header nobody within five yards of him at the six yard line directs it straight down into the goal nothing Tim Lee can really do there it's interesting because looking on the replay it kind of looks like Roger almost looks to Volader and kind of does like a little like what happened so I don't know if it's his man or Kyrie's man or what but it's not good yeah it's rough man and Melia just was obviously mad for good reason mm-hmm. and uh I just it seems like this is what happens. We get we get beat on set pieces, man. Yeah, it's just what it is. It's it happens way too many times. Um, Voliter thought he was staying on a guy in front of him, so basically you had two guys, he and Uri, on another Timbers player, and then Tuiloma just was left wide open without anybody. And you know, I don't know whose whose guy it is. I mean. There's a part of me that wants to say, Kyrie, you got to step up there when you see that that nobody's on him. Uh, maybe he didn't have time to react, but I think there's a little bit of blame for everybody to go around here. It's not just one person, uh, but yeah. it, that's unacceptable set piece defense. It is, but like it's it's par for the course, man. With some of these set pieces that we've been scored on, you know, it is what it is. 
yeah, it, it just, it really sucks. Um, I mean, outside of that, Sporting has some chances. You go into the half, 1-0. It's, it's not terrible. You think, okay, you know, there was some opportunity there. Could have put some away. Uh, all it takes is you pull one back. We just came back from down 2-0 at the Open Cup, even though it was at home. Um, this is this is doable. So at, at halftime, I'm actually, I'm not that concerned. I, I don't know about you, but... No, I felt okay, very right? hopeful. Yeah, absolutely. I was just like, okay... I had a little kombucha with some caffeine in it. I'm ready to stay <laughs> up for this game. And uh, it's it just didn't go the way I thought, man. But I was pretty hopeful uh, at halftime for sure. Yeah. I mean, there was a definite opportunity. Roger, you know, had, had some shots in the first half. Um, you know, just, just opportunities for Sporting KC. And you think, okay, all you got to do is come out in the second half, pull one back, and we're right there in this game. Well... <laughs> Second half starts. We're 30 seconds into it. 29 seconds, technically, if you want to get real technical. And uh, Sebastian Blanco gets his first goal of the season in just, again, a, a terrible defensive breakdown where he's just sitting there wide open in the box. You know, nobody anywhere near him. And he puts it away from 10 yards out, 15 yards out. And yeah. It just kind of opened the floodgates. First goal of the season. Hey, how about six minutes later, he uh, gets his second goal of the season. <laughs> you know, it's uh, pretty rough, man. They had two players in this game with uh, braces, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I'm not talking about for the teeth. <laughs> I'm talking about scores, man. It was bad. Well, and just... Sebastian you know, Blanco also had uh, uh, two freaking assists. Mm-hmm. Talk about player of the week mentality. God dang. He did. He scored in the 52nd minute. Uh, that made it 3-0. And then in the 56th minute, uh, Nathan Fogaccia scored. Um, it oh, just such a great name. Fogaccia! Yeah, it, beca- it became an unmitigated disaster in less than 10 minutes in the second half. And it all came it's basically on the counter. Like, it just was an utter and complete disaster where suddenly you go from 1-0 to 4-0 in a span of 10 minutes. Yeah, it three is they had three goals in 10 minutes and and you know Johnny Russell gets one back and it's it's like uh just a bad deal, man. Mm-hmm. It, not much to even the floodgates were just open. Right. The Johnny Russell goal was actually a, a pretty nice goal. It was a a a well-hit ball from uh, Felipe Hernandez that found Johnny just inside the 6-yard line and he toe taps it in uh, to pull one back, make it 4-1. Great goal, but you don't really have time to appreciate these great goals when you're trailing. Right. You know, there it's was... like what I asked uh you'll hear when I asked Voinovich, you know, don't you wish you could celebrate <laughs> when mm-hmm. you score. And so Johnny scores in the 57th minute. Then they bring in uh, Marinos Janis in the 58th minute. Uri comes out, and you're thinking, okay, that's a clear offensive substitution. Sure. Um, and I tweeted, I go, okay, Janis is coming in. He's been the best off- or, or the most creative offensive player, I guess you could say, for many of his appearances for Sporting KC. And I said, this game's either going to end closer than it should, or it's going to end 7-1. to one. And unfortunately, <laughs> I was a little bit more prophetic maybe than I meant to be. Um, closer on that second one yeah yeah but at that point i'm thinking okay 4-1 there's 30 minutes left janice is coming in maybe just maybe we can make this a little bit of a game and then you know nathan fagacha again on the counter 
it's just counter after counter after counter. The defense kind of just... I mean, Peter said they were just pushing way too high up. And I guess I get it because at that point when you're down two, three, four goals, you kind of have to push up. Um, and and Johnny said a, a fantastic goal of, off of a set piece, another headed goal to make it 5-2. And, and then we gave up two two more goals after the 87th minute. Again, kind of on the counter. Um, it just counter goal, counter goal, counter goal, counter goal all night long. Um, what do you take from this game? I don't, I don't even Nothing. know what you can. No, no, you have to throw it away because there's no time. You're gonna play tonight against Colorado. Colorado comes to town. You want to, you want to be better. Don't get smoked by Colorado at home. Like they're a good team. They are a good team. And and then then you got to go on the road on on freaking Sunday. So this week is a Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday situation. Mm-hmm. Then the next week, U.S. Open Cup. So it's like there's no time to dwell on anything, dude. You flush this down the toilet. You maybe get a day of training or recovery in, and it's time to go again. It's the mm-hmm. dog days, man. Summer's here. It's so. Let me ask you this. Volder gets his red card, so he's going to miss the next game. Roger's going to miss the Colorado game on, on yellow card accumulation. Um, EC's not healthy. So what does this back line and midfield look like, considering, okay, Volder's out. Uh, we don't have EC. They're going to throw Fontas or Cave in there. You think Fontas probably – I mean, Fontas was uh, the captain of that U.S. Open Cup game. Sure. Sort of by default, I guess, even though he's been in the doghouse. Um, so I guess we're looking at maybe Fontas and 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 Ford. Uh, back yeah, there. and don't don't throw out Cave Cave Rod. I mean, he's been playing consistently with SKC too, so it's not like he's not fit. Yeah, but it's uh, you know, I I don't know. It's interesting. And then you got Roger. It's like maybe it's time we see a little uh, uh, uh Felipe. Who's the right back? Who's the right back? I just lost. Oh, it. Cam Duke, Caden Pierre, Caden Pierre. Maybe we do see little Caden Pierre and Cam Duke slides up to midfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got options. It's not ideal options, but we got people who can play some soccer up in here, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know Peter after the U S open cup game, when he praised John, he, he said, he's got to get better off the ball with his movement, uh, which may, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, Gonna lie, I'm not sitting here doing tactical breakdowns of every person who doesn't have the ball after every game. So I'm sure Peter's seeing some things I'm not. He, I'm not claiming to be, you know, a, a tactical genius. But if you're looking at how this team plays and when the goals are coming, the goals seem to come when Janice is on the field. You know, yeah. I know he's not a natural number ten. He can play sort of the underneath striker. With, he's played some left wing, so the underneath striker is a little closer to ten. I feel like at this point, you got to put Janice at the 10. Like, mm-hmm. you're not getting any offensive creativity from the midfield without Gadi Kinda in there. Like, I, I simply don't see any way that this offense really gets going the way it should without Janice in there at the 10. So, I'd like to see Janice at the 10. I'd like to see, obviously, Johnny and Daniel. And then Kyrie, take him or leave him. I mean, on at this point, honestly. You can throw Vlinovic in there to try something different. I mean, the guy got a goal in the U.S. Open Cup game. Uh, we've we've done it quite a bit with Kyrie. I'm not as down as much on Kyrie as a lot of other people are, but 
something hasn't been working. So you got to try to pull the levers a little bit. Try something no, they're different. Gonna have, yeah, they're going to have to try something different. I mean, rotation in these next couple of weeks is absolutely obvious, you know? Yeah. And even so, after the even after the Open Cup game, then you got Vancouver coming to town. So they're literally going to play this week, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. If it were me, this won't be correct, but if it were me, here's what I think I would do. Because why not at this point? I'd have Shallowy, Voinovich, and Johnny Russell up top. Kyrie, I think, can be a really good super sub if, if, if Voinovich gets in a rhythm. I, I, so I think I'd have Shallowy, Voinovich, and Johnny. Then I'd have Janice at the 10, Voltaire at the 8, and Felipe Hernandez at the 6. Because I actually like what he's done when he's played sort of at that number 6 position. Uh, and then I'd have a back line of Ndenbe, Fontas, Ford, and Caden Pierre. Give Caden Pierre a shot. I'm not saying Cam Duke did a bad job per se. I mean, he was thrown into a tough position, but give Caden Pierre a chance and see what happens. So, we'll have to see, man. We'll have to see. How Now, let me ask you this. How much responsibility do you put on Tim Melia? Because seven goals given up on eight shots, the defense is pretty bad, but at some point, some of those goals Tim might have been able to position himself a little bit better for too. Yeah, I mean, he gets – when he saves things, it looks real good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, man, what a beast. And uh, I, I'm i not ready to sell him or anything, you know what I mean? No, it's, not uh, at all. It's just tough. Maybe maybe he doesn't exactly trust the four guys in front of him. Uh, maybe communication's not great right now. I don't – I don't know. I, I can't – you can't put it all on the goalkeeper, right? No. Like, that goal, dude, that goal is huge. And yeah. one guy covering the whole thing is impressive. I think you might have a point when you, when he's not trusting the line in front of him and, and, you know, so many of those goals came on the counter. He was coming so far out to try to do the best he can in one-on-one situations and whatnot. But there were some where I'm like, oh, man, you just you probably probably came a little too far out. Or, or you were a little indecisive. You started and then you stopped and you started again. This game certainly didn't help the stat I'm about to say. But if you look at goals to expected goals... It's a ratio where it's like, okay, how many how many more or how many less goals do you have compared to what the expected goals are? And AmericanSoccerAnalysis.com, they keep track of all this. Tim Melia is more than double the goals to expected goals ratio of the next highest player. And that's not good. You want negative ratios here because that means you have less goals than are expected. He's at 6.77 right now according to their chart, which means he's allowed almost seven more goals this year than would be expected. Now, that can't all be on him. I refuse to say that's all on Tim Milia. But right. when you're almost three and a half goals higher than whoever is the second worst in the league, something's also not working from the goalkeeper perspective, too. So yeah, true. You just you want him to get in the rhythm and, and figure out what's going on, too, because he's, he's better than he's been playing. I agree. So, real bummer, but now, you know, 13th out of 14th place, one point above Vancouver. Uh, unfortunately, we're dead last in the league on points per game. 0.75, that's worse than Vancouver. That's worse than San oh, Jose. Boy. It's worse than Chicago. It's worse than Toronto. So uh, there's quite a bit of ground to make up here. Um, and, and Like I said, play. man, the only way to go is up. Like when you're at the bottom, it's like, uh, okay, 
start start gaining some points, man. Because mm-hmm. you you don't have to get first. You just got to finish like seventh. All right. 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 Exactly. Um, I'm not going to get into what Peter said because we already kind of talked about it. Where basically he was like set piece was a bad mistake, and then a horrible second half, and it was very undisciplined, etc. I do want to read uh, this quote from from Johnny Russell. Uh, he says. We spoke at halftime that we had done some nice things in the first half, and then the next goal was massively important. If we got it, then we really felt we could have went on and won the game. Then we let them score in 45 seconds, something like that. Then just an absolute capitulation after that. To concede six goals in one half a game, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here, it's not even embarrassing. It's so far beyond that. It's just a complete disgrace as a professional, individually, and as a team. The second half is so unacceptable on so many levels, I don't even know what to say, honestly. I've never been as embarrassed in my whole career. I've had some low times in my career, but this is number one. Already this season hasn't been acceptable. Just pathetic, really, in the second half. Not good enough. I'm embarrassed to call ourselves professionals. That's yeah, um, Truth hurts, man. I mean, that sucks to hear, but... I feel like you kind of need to hear that from your captain after a performance like that. Like you have to have somebody with the fiery spirit, like Johnny to basically get in there and be like, to say this is the most embarrassing moment in your entire career when you've been playing soccer professionally for more than 10 years. It's quite a statement. Well, it's pretty bad when you allow a touchdown and an extra point in a soccer game. I mean, it's, it's rough dude. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think we all know that too, watching it and, and just being shocked. Can you imagine, uh, say people didn't get to watch the game or they maybe they fell asleep or something. Maybe they had to get up early. So they're like, ah, I'll just catch the highlights tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then they wake up and they see the score line. What a shock that is. Mm-hmm. Like just, oh man, I, I have a buddy who was out of town. He's like, yeah, I just kind of followed along online. Didn't get to watch it. And I was just like, look at you. Right. <laughs> Uh, the only other part I want to pull from another answer that he had, cause he went on for a, a, a long time. <laughs> um, he said, you know, every single one of us inside should feel disgusted at that performance. If you don't, this isn't for you and you shouldn't be playing this game. So, I mean, again, strong words, and that kind of is along the lines of like, we've seen Peter yank somebody and they're never to be seen again because of a couple of minutes of a lack of effort on the field. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what Johnny's saying here. And and I think that unfortunately MLS roster rules don't give you a lot of flexibility to make sweeping mid season changes, especially when two of your top designated players are out. But I wouldn't be surprised to see some serious attempts at bringing in some reinforcements in the, in the mid season transfer window. Oh, I could absolutely see that. And uh, you know, we had uh, a Mitchell uh, Deemer. Dimer, Mitchell Dimer on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, he uh he said that uh you know LAFC lost Carlos Vela for the season mm-hmm. and look what happened. They finished at the bottom and it's like designated players matter so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. And we're seeing that, man, and we're not used to that because we've been spoiled and and have had relatively good seasons. And right now, we, y'all y'all just gotta learn we gotta learn to lose sometimes. And it's mm-hmm. like you'd think being Kansas City sports fans we could do that. <laughs> like, let's, let's humble ourselves and be like, okay, this sucks, but I feel like we'll get through this because all in all sports really don't matter. This is just entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is true. That is true. You know? I, um, yeah. MLS roster rules are not built to replace two designated players in one season. 
I mean, you can yeah. put them on the season-ending injury list, but you don't get that DP designation back. So it's not like we can suddenly go out and get another Alan Polito or another Gotti Kinda. Right. So it's it's tough. Um, I think Mitchell makes a good point. I also think it's not fair when you're looking at Vermees. It's not fair to be like, ah, you should have built a roster to foresee that your two most important offensive players were going to go out at the same time for the entire year. Right. Like you don't. How they, could you know? They thought they were building this roster with the expectation that Gotti Kinda would be back by now. They thought he'd be what gone for we... maybe a month. What if we see Alan Polito towards the end of the year? I mean, he, I don't think, has technically been put on that season-ending no. injury list. Gotti because Kinda once has. you're put on that, you cannot come back. Right. So the opportunity's there, and if you follow him online, he's doing a lot of strength training to get mm-hmm. that, that leg working again, and I'm like, yo, he does that better injured than I do healthy. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I wouldn't rule that out. I'll say this to the Vermees out crowd, and, and I don't really want to spend a lot of time on this, um, and, and I don't want to keep addressing them because blanket statement: Peter Vermees is not getting fired this year. It's insane. He's, he's not. He's it's not getting absolutely. fired. Absolutely. Oh my happening. god. And but I guess my question is like, what do you think that would accomplish right now? Let's say you woke up tomorrow and there was a, a, a press release from Jake Reed, and he goes, "Yeah, we've gone in a different direction. Peter Vermees is no longer the coach." Well, okay. Now what? carries a Vagnin, you can put him as interim coach he's pv jr like he's gonna do yeah. the same thing I'm, and i'm not trying to take anything away from carries a Vagnin. he might one day develop his very own coaching style but this team its entire dna has been built in the image of peter vermees and they've had a lot of success doing it mm-hmm. this year it's not working sometimes it's not going to work but firing him now is not you're not going to suddenly fix this season and he's missed his two designated players i think it's totally fair i think peter vermees has earned the right to try to get through this year figure out if you can salvage it and then you have an off season to fix it because he did that after 2019 went out got uh alan polito uh daniel shadow had a career year fought for first place in the west made it pretty far into the playoffs maybe not as far as we'd like but there's been a couple of western conference finals since our last mls cup He's earned the right to get another offseason to try to fix this. Now, if we're having the same conversation and the same problems at this time next year, that's probably a different conversation. But to say that right now, firing Peter Vermees is the answer without looking at all of the other potential problems, not pretend, all of all the other problems that have plagued this team this year. Um, and he's not, I'm not absolving him from responsibility. He's the head coach and technical director. Obviously, he bears culpability here. But... There's nobody else out there right now that you're going to bring in midseason to fix this. Well, if you if you got rid of him, don't you have to pay him his full contract? Uh, probably, yeah. So, a uh, year and a half of free money. Well, like... and and this if you if you ever got rid of Peter Ramiz, you're not just getting rid of, like people. He's got to either be technical director or coach, not both. No, that's not the problem. Yeah, he, and also that's not something he'd go for. It's it's not the the entire club. You'd reboot Sporting Kansas City. It's not just a rebuild. It's a reboot. It would be a new philosophy, new everything. It's trendy to say fire Vermees. It's like the cool thing to do now. All right. It's like putting buttons on your suspenders or, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, having, you know, these abortion comments. We won't even go into all that. It's it's trendy, right? So everyone wants to say fire Vermees, you know? Yeah. So, How are we still having an abortion conversation, by the way? I don't. That's like the never anything. I can't believe that. Don't even get me started on that. I, I won't. Just... I won't. But it's absolutely insane. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Um, anywho, uh, let's let's jump to something more fun. We interviewed Nikola Voinovich. Yes. So let's uh, let's kick it over to our interview with Sporting Kansas City forward kick Nikola Voinovich just after the break, and uh, then we'll catch you after the interview. So without further ado, here he is, Nikola Voinovich. <laughs> Alright everybody and welcome back. Y'all have been waiting for it. You've seen it teased on Twitter. It's been a long time coming, but we are joined by none other than Sporting Kansas City striker Nikola Voinovich. Nikola, thank you so much for joining us. It's uh, We've been looking forward to this for a long time. Yeah, thank you guys for, for having me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've we've been tweeting back and forth at each other ever since you joined uh joined uh sporting kansas city and and you told us a a number of weeks ago hey as soon as i score we're we're gonna uh, come on no other pod so you scored and literally the first thing i did after (laughs) yeah after the press conference i first thing i did is i I went to uh to sporting kc and i said when can we get him on the podcast so we're excited yeah and i'm here now (laughs) now you're here um well thank you so much so i guess first question um, for for our listeners, this is your first year with Sporting Kansas City. So for our listeners who may not know as much about um, sort of your your playing history and where you came from and everything, can you just tell us a, a little bit about yourself and and your professional career up to this point and, and how you got to Kansas City? Yeah. So when I was I was when I was eighteen, I played I played in Serbia, and then when I turned eighteen, I moved to Spain. I moved to Villarreal to their their second team. Everything started good there, like the preseason, like four games, I scored four goals. But then the injuries came, like I had a lot of like problems with, with my hamstring, like I had to do the surgery even at the end. So I basically lost two seasons. I had two seasons with, with zero games. So it was like a, a tough period for me. And then, But then I, I recovered. I played uh, for the second team. Then scored some some goals there but at the end I decided like to to leave there because I didn't want to be in the second team to play like the second third division so after that I came back to Montenegro had a, se- a season there we, I played like as a winger there that season I don't know like how it <laughs> all happened and then after that season I moved to the to last clubs like from the club where I came here like I played in, in Serbia for a season had like like a really good season, especially like the first part this season I had like scored ten goals and then after this like all this happened with the with the KC and I'm I'm here now. Yeah, and, and coming here must feel uh you know must feel good coming off a really good season. Um but you know kind of trying to get over the the injuries and everything, I bet that took one heck of a mental toll. So did you kind of view Kansas City as kind of a like new country? I mean, have you ever been here? Was this kind of a fresh start for you? Yeah, it's everything is new. Basically, it's my it's first time in US for me, so everything is new. Like the the people, the lifestyle, the the soccer, like everything is everything is so much different than 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 in Europe. For sure. Did you have uh, what were kind of your main first impressions uh, when you got to Kansas City? About the city or about the soccer or everything like? Uh, both. Yeah, a little bit of both. Like the first thing I noticed was the weather because when I arrived here, <laughs> it 
snowy, freezing cold, and then the next two days it felt like summer, and then snow came again, and now the outside is like basically already summer. So the <laughs> one thing that that caught my eye, and then the soccer, like the league, is pretty physical. Like it's really physical, so you can't you can't relax. You have to be like 100% in everything that you are doing. You have to follow like every roll of the ball, be focused and get everything you have. Did, did you know much about MLS before you came over here? I'm like a huge, like I'll say sport nerd. So I'm, full, I'm following everything. I, I don't know like every player in the league, but I know most of the clubs and probably the best players in the league for sure. Very cool. So you, you joined, it seemed like you joined Twitter right before you came to Kansas City. So yeah. uh, what was it that made you decide you wanted to join Twitter? And, and you've been engaging with fans and, and, and whatnot, and you've sort of become a fan favorite just because of how well you do at Twitter. So how, what made you decide to do that? Yeah, I never had like social networks before, but since I'm following like the NBA and all those kind of things here in the US, I noticed that the media thing is, is a big deal here. So then... Mm -hmm. I said to myself, like, why not? I'll do it. I'll make my social networks and see what happens. Did you have anybody who has given you advice? Because you you are really good at Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple <laughs> of people around me at the beginning, so that helped okay. me. That helped me a lot. Cool. And who's your? So you follow the NBA. Who's your favorite NBA team? Like wherever LeBron goes, I'm. Okay. I'm, there you yeah. go. Now I'm 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 with Boston. Boston. Okay. Well, they're doing pretty good. They got to beat Miami. So, yeah. <laughs> um, have you? So you came to Kansas City and you noticed the weather. And you're right. The weather is crazy. Um, how about the food? Have you tried barbecue yet? And what do you think of it? I tried everything. <laughs> to be honest, but I have to. I have to be in shape. So I'm. <laughs> I'm finding my ways. Like, what can I eat? When can I relax when I can? So I'm trying like every everything that I can, but I'm, I'm keeping my shape in good spot. Do you have a favorite barbecue restaurant? I don't know, like not yet. We've been like, we are trying to, every time trying to find some, some new places. So then we'll see. Okay. Well, Nico, you, uh, you got thrown into the starting lineup really quickly after coming here. Uh, what what was that game like? I mean, did you did you know you were gonna play uh, beforehand? And when you got in, what what were your nerves doing? Was it just uh, no big deal, just another day, or were you uh, kind of freaking out a little bit? I don't know to be honest, because everything <laughs> happened so fast. I, yeah. <laughs> I arrived on Tuesday night or Wednesday night. I can't even remember. And then we had a game on Saturday, and then. I wasn't expecting to play, but then the first session when I meet with the coach and the, and the coaching staff, I realized that I'll probably start on Saturday. And that was basically, I put my, my mind in that I'm starting and I, I kept my focus. And when the game came, oof, it wasn't, it wasn't easy because I wasn't playing like for a, for a month before that. So the game like came like, as I said before, it's really physical. You had to run a lot. It wasn't it, it wasn't pretty, but I was happy that I played like 90 minutes because it helped me physically a lot. 
Yeah, I could imagine that'd be a little difficult when you're kind of focused on trying to learn the names of every guy around you. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just kind of thrown in there and uh, hey, hey, you winger. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not easy. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what would you say, you know, you, you, you've scored a lot of goals in, in your years coming up to this and, and you've battled through injuries. Um, if, if our fans didn't know you very well, what would you tell them is your biggest strength as a striker? What do you do best when you're on the field? I'll say when, I, when I'm in form, I need, I need some time to adapt, you know, for mm-hmm. the teammates with the new team and everything. And once when I get in good shape and, when I start scoring goals, when I score a couple, then I'll hopefully I'll be on the on the on the scoring sheet like <laughs> not every time, but on the most of occasions. So when I'm when I'm form, I feel like I can I can score like basically every game. Do you feel it, it's hard coming, like you said, to a new league, new country, new teammates? Do you feel like you're starting to get to know your teammates a little better, and you're starting to 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 build that? relationships with your teammates and, and get to know how you play how each other plays yeah for sure last last two or three weeks i feel felt much better in in training session and everything starts from there like training sessions where we can talk so i felt much better there so hopefully we'll we'll start everything will start clicking during the games and and we'll start winning and i'll start scoring goals yeah for sure uh well peter vermees as you know, asks a lot of his strikers. Um, they're not just up there to, you know, cherry pick and, and get a cheap goal every now and then. You need to work hard and be the first line of defense, so to speak. What's, uh, what's that been like and how does it compare? How does Peter compare to other managers you've played for? Like every coach is, the dip, is different. Like they demand different things, but, but as a player that's, that's normal to you. You just have to do what's what's asked from you. Like Peter demands, like from us, like to to work on uh, both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. So if you put work defensively, then the reward will come offensively for sure. And that's one of the the things, probably the thing that I noticed the, the most. Well, we kind of just saw that in the uh, U.S. Open Cup game. I'd I'd say uh, you and Kyrie Shelton both worked yeah. very hard to get the goals that you got um, off a defensive giveaway. First half of that game obviously wasn't exactly uh, how things were planned, but second half went really well with you getting your first goal in a Sporting KC kit. What was that experience like? Uh, how, how were you feeling right after that? Yeah, as you said, first half, we had some some troubles like to figure out like what's the best formation to, to play, and then the coach decided to change the formation like mid first half and from that point we 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 played much better we scored four goal, four goals after that and i scored the first one and that felt amazing when i scored like i i heard the, the crowd and everything and i had the feeling like i'll score another one but i got i got off but never mind the other guys came in like they did their thing we we managed to come back back from 2-0 down which was a huge game for us were you were you slightly sad that you didn't really have much time to celebrate because when you're down in a game you don't yes. celebrate you grab the ball yeah, you, you get the back, ball to center field. back yeah you wish you got a little celebration in there no i 
I, I don't know, like the perfect scenario would be like if I stay at a score another one, then I would have had like fans <laughs> to celebrate, but we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. There's many more coming. Yeah. Um, so you said you heard the crowd and the crowd was great, especially as the, the comeback and you scored more and more goals. Did you know much about the Kansas City crowd or the fans before you came here? And, and what are your impressions of, of how the fans support the club and how loud they are at home games? Like, I didn't know much about it, to be honest. But then when I arrived, like the people around the club, they told me like that every game is, the stadium is basically full for, for every home game. And then like the the first game at home for me was against Salt Lake, I think. And mm-hmm. when I saw like all the people in the stadium, I definitely felt that energy. And I don't know, it's... It's cool, you know, like when you when you have all, all those fans in the stadium, they you you have a feeling like you have like another gear with them, like you can you can push like and do everything you can for them. Did you see? I don't know if you saw or I don't know if you follow the National Football League, the NFL. Uh, but did you, Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback? He was he was at the game. Did you guys see him in the stands? And did you hear the crowd when they were cheering for him when they showed him? Yeah, I, I seen him on, on, on the big screen and but I wasn't on the on the field at that moment, but the guys that were like in the locker room, they told us, man, when I when I saw that bro, like we were we were like running as crazy after that. <laughs> we felt that energy like and it gave us it gave us something to to, to keep going and, and score like another another goal and win the game. It's pretty cool. Yeah, what a very cool moment. Um Hey, you got a lot of uh, a lot of really fun, fun teammates around you. Um, do you have any? Uh, is there any certain guy or group of guys that you hang out with outside of the locker room? Uh, go out to eat or anything? Play video games with anything like that? Yeah, probably Robbie and and Marinos because we are new guys. When I came, like I stayed in a hotel first two weeks. Marinos was there, so we were spending a lot of times together and it, it stayed like that even after that when we moved to our apartment so like like i said robbie and marina are the two guys that i'm spending the most times we are going out for like lunch dinner and all kind of things that's cool yeah so kind of you know the other guys from other countries kind of yeah. coming together uh really bonding like that well uh your captain johnny russell is known for uh potentially being a little bit of a prankster playing pranks on teammates and I don't know if he's grown up now that he's a captain, but uh, do you, has he played any jokes on you at all? Or have you seen uh, anything happen? No, he didn't do anything with me yet, <laughs> but he's definitely like, he's a grown man, but he acts like a kid sometimes in the locker room, which I honestly like love. That's how it's supposed to be. And, like Jake is usually the guy that's that's in trouble, but that's that's his problem, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said yet, so there's still there's still there's time still for time. that. Yeah. <laughs> so when when you signed for Sporting Kansas City, I'm I'm sure you knew that Alan Polito, who was the the the, the main striker for Sporting KC, got injured. Um, have you talked with Alan very much, and has he helped you sort of learn about? Sporting KC and MLS and and helped you figure out how to play striker in in this league since it's different like you said. Yes. 
like we talked a couple of times because he's injured like you you, you guys already know mm -hmm. so in some kind of different program we are not spending a lot of time together mm -hmm. but i would say like Kyrie, he helped me a lot because i talk with him like basically every day like mm -hmm. when i arrived and even now even like 15 minutes ago we we talked about we discussed something things like what can we like do better some advices that he gave to me that can help me mm -hmm. so he's the guy that i talked a lot and the guy that helped me a lot actually very cool and and so you're discussing things that you can do and change um obviously the season maybe is, has been a little bit more tough than than you thought but what what do you think that you as a team need to do to sort of get back on track and and start playing the way that you all know you can play and get some wins like at the moment i think that the confidence is the most important thing because we had like a rough time we need to, we just need a couple of a couple of wins a couple of good results because we have i think honestly that we have everything that we need like all the players they all can play we just need mm -hmm. we just need something some some good wins some some points like to, something that we can we can build on and and hopefully like we can make it to the playoff because it's really close with a couple of wins we can we can mm -hmm. get there easily exactly we've been saying that for months i mean it's not about how things are going now it's about how things can be can get going you know you just got to get in the playoffs um now hey it's no it's no secret that your english is really good and i think i had heard on an interview you said you learned a lot just watching the nba right um so that's huge in American culture, is there anything else that you've kind of picked up, like any uh, American TV shows, or do you have a favorite movie or anything like that? Like I would say, NBA, and then all the all the TV shows that comes with NBA, like First Take, Undisputed. Mm. I don't know all those kind of things. I watch like Stephen A. Smith, Skip and Shannon, and <laughs> that's where I learned like a lot of things to be. To be honest, because I was watching that after after every game, I was watching them. So I, as I was listening to them, I I learned a lot of things. I'm surprised you're not yelling more if that's where you learned English, because they just like yelling at each other all <laughs> oh, the time. I'm, I'm not a guy. I'm, I'm really calm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, do you have any uh, uh, movies or anything that you watch too? Like, are you a, a superhero fan and watch the superhero movies? Uh not really. Like, I really. I love like the the real thing, like dramas, thrillers, mysteries. Okay. Some especially if something is is based on the true story, that's that's my pick. Oh, sure. Okay. Very cool. A little true crime stuff. I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned on Twitter when we were talking about World Cup, you you tweeted at us one time. You said, "Hey, if you need a Serbia correspondent or or maybe even Croatia, you know, let me know." Um, for many of our listeners are very familiar with the u.s men's national team um they might be somewhat familiar with croatia because obviously they were in the final last uh, last world cup but but maybe not as much serbia so how do you think serbia and maybe croatia can do this world cup and 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 what what should fans look for when they're watching those teams how, how do they play like croatia had more success in the last last couple of years but 
Serbia is has a, like a really good national team. We made it to the World Cup this this year, so everything starts with the with the group stage. And if you if, if you get like to the to the best of sixteen, then from there you never know like anything is possible. Like well, and from the players from that part of the Europe, they love to play like they love to be on on the ball. You know, there's not it's more like technical football than than physical so if if they can like find their spots they, they can be really dangerous very cool so do you think you know serbia um they got to play brazil they have some some tough games do you think they can get out of the group stage and get to that knockout round yeah i think i think they definitely can because they have three top world class strikers one guy like mitrovic scored like 44 goals in the championship this season. Vlahovic is, I don't know, he's fighting for a top scorer in Italy. He scored 20-something goals. Jovic is in Real Madrid, so they can they can beat any team with, with those players. <laughs> and then when you, you mentioned um, when you came to MLS, you said, I know I knew some of the, the, the bigger names, some of the big good players in the league. Was there any player in particular you were excited to play against or, or somebody you were excited to meet? Like, I know Carlos Vela is a very popular player. Like you knew. Yeah? Yeah, Carlos Vela. Because he he had one season when where he scored like 25, 30 goals. I don't know. I don't know the exact number. And when we played LAFC, I was, I was really excited like to see him play like live in person mm-hmm. because those are the players that, that you that you want to see and even this last game against Portland Blanco he caught my eye he was really good good mm-hmm. with the ball so there is a lot of players that you that you want to see in person and to play against them and, and compete compete against them uh, we weren't going to bring up the Portland game Nicola but uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's move let's move forward uh, hey did you have any uh you have any nicknames? Any uh, fun nicknames that that you're referred to on the field or or in soccer in general? Not no, not actually. Nico okay. is probably my only nickname. Nico. We'll we'll workshop it for you. We'll get something for you. <laughs> and is there any game or any team left on the schedule that you're most looking forward to playing? Like who 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 are you looking at and you're saying, okay, that's the team that I want to play most, or just whoever's next? Like there is. A lot of teams to be honest so i if i have to pick one i'll say <laughs> like orlando because i'm a i'm a big ac milan fan and mm-hmm. pato was there milan mm-hmm. was one of the strongest teams in europe they were winning the champions league and everything so i have to pick one i'll go i'll go with pato and Orlando. okay sounds cool and then do you follow like the english premier league or anything and do you have a favorite team over there yeah who's your favorite chelsea. team chelsea is my favorite team in in premier league but okay in third place and if i have to pick one between city and liverpool i'll go with liverpool but oh you know, no i'm a i'm an i'm an everton fan so you are? yeah it's 
not good. <laughs> I want I want to see Everton relegated. To oh no! <laughs> oh no! I was so breaking his heart. I thought we would beat Brentford, and then the red card, and then uh, so we'll see. It's we might get relegated. We'll see. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Like you guys have two more games, and what well, Leeds got only one, and the Burnley is down. Yeah, so, yeah. You guys probably stayed. So if you're a, you're a Chelsea fan, the, the U.S. men's national team comes to, to Kansas City on, on June 5th. May, Christian Pulisic, maybe he might be with the team. You might be able to see him play in person. Yeah. Be pretty they cool. asked us already if, if we are here, if we want to go to the game. So I'll, I'll probably be. be yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, Dan, do you have any other questions for our buddy before we let him go this time? No, I don't think so. All right, Nico. I think that's uh, that's that's all the questions we have for you right now. We really appreciate your time. Um, congratulations on the goal in the U.S. Open Cup and the comeback victory. We know there's there's bright things ahead for you and this team. So, looking forward to uh, to many more goals for you for this year. And and we'll uh, we'll be there cheering you on and, and happy to have you back anytime. Yep. Thank you, guys. Thank you a lot. All right. All Thanks, right. man. You take care. <laughs> Ah, he's so Nico. obsessed with us. <laughs> you told me this before when we were texting. You were like, uh, it's like this has been the tease, and, and yeah. this was like the WrestleMania, you know, culmination. Buddy, these were the matches, <laughs> we, the teases, and the story building on Twitter. This was our WrestleMania match. This was the, the payoff to the build. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's exciting, right? I, I said, how sad would you be if he told you, oh, I don't even run my own Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be real sad, but hey, I mean, it's it's interesting that like when we asked him, like, why did you decide to start a Twitter? He's like, well, social media is really important to, in American sports, and yeah. it's funny that he says that because he's also apparently a huge NBA fan, yeah. and NBA players are the most active and the most petty on Twitter. That's true. It's it sounds hilarious. like he's just a, a sports fan in general. Because I, I wanted to kind of pry a little bit and be like, you know, what kind of movies you watch and what kind of stuff are you into? Surely you take in other forms of media. And he's like, just, just, just sports. Stephen A. Smith and Skip NBA, Bayless. <laughs> just NBA stuff. I'm like, what, what is this, man? You, you give him nothing, Nicola. No. It's, no, I mean, I think it's really fascinating to, like, I always like knowing, okay, how, do, how does American pop culture present itself in other sure. countries? And the fact that his window into... America was Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp, and Skip Bayless. Yeah. It's it's so fascinating to me. He said he learned English yeah. from watching First Take and Undisputed. And I'm surprised like, he's not walking down the sidewalk just yelling at people randomly about the Dallas Cowboys. Right. T- <laughs> telling people uh, why they should use Gold Bond because Shaq had commercials. <laughs> Who's better, LeBron or Jordan? I don't know. Like, just, stop, stop playing, Skip. Right. <laughs> I just like it's he's he's such a fun guy and i enjoyed talking to him so much and he's a lebron uh, fan i didn't want to throw it at him and be like are you still a fan like right now <laughs> and I he's want... like i'm a celtics fan right so it's like there you go good choice uh, yeah because he was like which is funny because lakers and celtics has, you know, yeah i think he's time. just a basketball fan and you yeah. want to follow the uh, but that's great awesome. show by the way yeah uh yeah it's it's cool and he's into it and would love to uh get him back on someday man hope he Hope he sticks around for a bit. Seems like a really good dude. 
Mm-hmm. He's not very old, 25. I didn't know as much about his injury history, so that was kind of interesting to hear him talk about. It. He's like, I kind of had two lost seasons, and I didn't really want to play with the Villarreal B team. Yeah, so, you got a little sad talking about that, right? Like it, yeah. it's it's got to be mentally draining, and and to but he came back, scored like 15 goals, is what his Wikipedia said. I know he said he scored like 10, but uh, you know I think he was maybe selling himself short if Wikipedia is anything to, yeah. you know, it's always it's always true. Yeah, I. Uh... I also I said Villarreal. I meant Villarreal. I said that about as white as you possibly can hey, said it. Whatever, man. Um, hey, own it. <laughs> but no, it's just you know he he came here and he's like, what is this weather? What is Kansas City? Um, yeah, we like to keep you on your toes around here, bro. <laughs> we like to throw snow at you, and then we're gonna scorch you to death. But the other anecdotes I thought was interesting when he was like, yeah, it's him and and Volader and Marino have kind of become like a little trio, like the new guys, yeah. you know, learning how to sort of adapt to a new country and a new team All together. Right. It's kind of they cool. call themselves the out-of-towners. I just That's what I'm calling them. They wear fanny packs and stuff like tourists. And then, you know, he we were talking about the fans and the relationship between the fans and the club. And, and he's like, you know, I, I'd heard about it, but to hear that and to experience it at the game with the Open Cup was so cool. And then he was like, you know, and I wasn't on the field, but when, when they showed Patrick Mahomes up on the screen and everyone went crazy, he was like, he said they were talking about it in the locker room after yeah. He was like, they showed him up on the screen. The crowd went crazy. We felt it. And then the players in the field were like, we got to score for them. That was rough because I, I turned to my wife and I was like, well, that was the loudest it's been all night. I'm pretty sad about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it built something. It did. And and then, you know, damn well, if 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 it was different on the field and the st- score line was different, that he's celebrating after getting his first goal. He's going to mm-hmm. celebrate a little bit, but he couldn't. And that makes me sad. Yeah. So I, it's just... Man, I, I'm glad. I hope that we get to see him more. Cause he and he, we asked him like, what does this team have to do to get back on track? And he's like, I mean, we gotta have the mentality right. We gotta have the confidence. Sure. We we gotta. I mean, they're still learning how to play together, honestly, in a lot of ways. Well, I know people can't see him. What, what did you did you like his face when we uh, asked about uh, the nerves when he was thrown into a game like four days after he landed? Yeah, <laughs> he was yeah. just like. Whoa. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly that he was like, I, I got here on like a Tuesday, and you know, thought like, okay, game on Friday or Saturday, yeah, and maybe like, I'll learn my out. teammates' names, whatever. Right, and he's like, and I found out on Thursday. Oh, I guess I'm starting. Like oh, that's tough, man. man. So, oh, no doubt. Like, how do you even? I mean, the name thing has to be a huge thing. I'm like, God, what's your name again? Like, whenever you meet, <laughs> when you meet new people, you're like, you try to commit that shit to memory, you know, so you don't feel like a fool. But he well, had no time to do that. And just learning the tendencies and like, ah, Johnny, he likes to cut inside and play off of his left foot. Or he'll, yeah. he'll pretend like he's cutting inside and then cut to the right to the end line and do the back pat. Like, you just don't. He said he's an MLS fan, so he's excited to play Carlos Vela. He's excited to play Pato in Orlando. But, like, you can't expect Blanco. him to know. You mentioned Blanco. He, Blanco. He, uh, but you can't expect him to know the, the individual tendencies of his players. He's still learning that. So, yeah, absolutely. his teammates. Uh, you know, big thanks for him to, for coming on. You know, we finally uh, we built to this. You know, it's kind of a fun little yeah. storyline we did. I hope uh, we have the same effect on him because we're claiming credit for it as we did on Daniel Shallowy a couple of years oh ago. Oh my God, could you imagine? <laughs> He's going to score 15 goals now for the oh, rest of the year. <laughs> that'd be insane. And then we'll have him back on and be like, "Told you, Don't, we did this credit. to you. You're yeah. welcome." So. Uh, speaking of Daniel Shallowy, I guess last thing before we uh, we sign off is Daniel Shallowy got called into uh, the Hungarian national team. Well, for good for him. The UEFA Nations League group stage. Uh, that will be four games from June 4th through June 14th. Uh, 
I guess, good news, if there is good news, is he's only going to miss one game with Sporting KC. And it's June 12th, a home game against the New England Revolution. So, cool. I mean, that's a national TV game, unfortunately. Um, it's going to be on ABC. But, uh, I mean, maybe we'll see Janice at left wing a little bit there. Who knows? Um, Who knows? But I don't like seeing him go away for that long from the team because I think that training is really important to continue to build chemistry. I mm-hmm. obviously don't want to miss him for any game, but the Revs are not the Revs from last year this year. They're not that They're good. not. But also, uh, anyone's going to be licking their chops to come play us after the that Portland game, you know? So yeah. it's like we, we can't – we got to keep getting better every day. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that the players are just like, don't talk to me about Portland. Like, we're not even talking about Portland. We're done. I'm sure we, they we'll see dis- him again, you yeah. know? I'm sure they had their discussions as a team after, but, you know, hey. It's no. going to be personal when we play Portland again this year, you know? Mm-hmm. It's uh, going to be brutal and might be a lot of cards, just like there was in this game. August 21st in Kansas City. It's a Fox Sports 1 national TV game. There so. you go. That could get wild. Anywho, man, you got anything else for our good listeners? No, that's it. I just I can't thank Nikola enough. Uh, just really cool to to have him on and talk to him. And, of course, Patrick for setting it up. So that was great. Yeah, thanks to the club. Thanks to Patrick. Thanks to, to Nico for coming on. Uh, Got to work on a nickname for him, apparently. Have to figure out yeah, if I've one been, comes up. I've been workshopping. Uh, I've, been, I've been hanging on to Voiny. I don't know why, why I say I say Voiny. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's got anything better, but it just rolls off the tongue when I'm when I'm yelling. You're yeah, Voiny, let's go, baby. Better than Nico? I don't know. Take, take him to the uh, – the, take him to Vointown. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I got nothing. Take him to Vointown, everybody. You could say Nico, but I'm like, come on, man. It, it, what do you have for nicknames, dude? Like what, Mac Attack? Uh, Slippin' Jimmy? Big Red. <laughs> I call Big Gingy, you know. The... <laughs> you did have Big Red. That's right. The, yeah. the gum that loses flavor in like six seconds. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, all 90s gums lost flavor in about six seconds. Buddy, I, I was, I, you know, the coos. I'm talking, we got the, the coos, Goose Coos, Coos Mario, Coos Dog. Who's legit to quit? You know, it's a whole oh my thing. Gosh. I just made that last one up, by the way. I don't know why, <laughs> but I don't hate it. <laughs> uh, well, everyone, we're sorry about the Portland game, but glad you stuck with us and and, and glad that we got to talk to uh, to Nico and or Voini, yeah. whatever you want to call him. Nico so, Voini. Uh, we got tonight is big, dude. Do not let Diego Rubio come in here and uh, do things. I'll be so mad. We didn't really preview this game or San Jose because. I'm done previewing shit right now. I'm just... <laughs> we don't, at this point, there's really no point to preview. I hope we win. Colorado, you know, they're, they finished first in, in the West last year. Um, and, they're and not bad. They're not bad. They're, uh, I mean, seventh place right now, but that's a lot higher than we are. So Seventh place sounds nice. <laughs> I would love to be in seventh place right now. Yes, so that's we'll the goal see. for right now. But thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMax03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash nootherpod. Shoot us an email, nootherpod at gmail.com. Check out that merch store, bit.ly.com slash nootherpod. And again, thanks to Nico for joining us. Until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch you all later. See ya. Thank you, Vorny, baby. Yeah.